Welcome to the Card Pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. I enjoy that theme music. And today we are doing a magic moment. We'll be looking at the set that just recently came out. Yes, Theros, Theros. Beyond Death. And what we'll Very be doing cool. in this segment is we will be talking about three cards that we enjoy, the three cards that are the money at the time when we're recording all this, and the set mechanics. Yep, just a general look at the set overall. And this is a good one. I, I like this one. Yeah, this one. set's like kind this of interesting. There's a few cards that we're really stoked about, and we will tell you why. So let's wait no further with our number threes. And Kyle, I will be a generous man. Have you start off? All right. Well, we're going to number three here on our hidden gems, um, abbreviated list. So my, of course, number three had to be Oracle of Thassa. This is probably one of the most talked about cards from this entire release. And there's very little question why, because, you know, just what we needed in this game was another version of Laboratory Maniac that's even better than Laboratory I, Maniac. This is where you and I are very different, but read, read the card before we start to... Uh... Well, it's two mana, two double blue, it's for a 1-3 Merfolk Wizard. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, you look at the top X cards of your deck, where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them on top of your deck, and put the rest on the bottom in a random order. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your deck, you win the game. Think about that for a minute. Like, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, well, it's Scry 2 right off the bat, because it has two blue and its mana cost right. for its devotion. And I'll tell you why this is, in fact, better than Laboratory Maniac. Lab Maniac's ability only works, you know, when you draw a card and you have no other cards in your deck. You have to play it out and then wait for a very specific circumstance, or you have to play it out in response to that circumstance and hope nobody Wait, can stop it. That's... This, on the other hand, cannot be stopped in the same way. You just do it, and you win. If people can't stop you from doing it, they just win the, the game. The problem is devotion. Like, you can't trick the devotion out, really. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. You don't need devotion for this to be good. All you have to do is have no deck and play this, and you win. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, where it's compared to Laboratory Maniac, where it's like, it's not as restricted. Like, it, it's not as easy to mess up in that regard. And inherently, you can, right. you can blink this. And with the new Thassa, we see that blinking is a little bit more accessible in mono blue. You have stuff like Conor's Closet and stuff like that out yeah. there so you the blinking is actually very useful and, and even for like a brago deck this would be pretty nice for it. i don't disagree with you with that the only problem is is just that well it can be a little situational like there's more times that i feel like you would want laboratory maniac on the field and then you go nuts i feel entirely the opposite because lab maniac is only literally only useful if you're trying to win the game with him Thassa's Oracle is good at any stage of the game, regardless and of whether you're trying to win or not. And that's what makes it a little different. But I, I don't know. I, this is, I, I don't run infinite well, combos as much, so this is definitely his round. It's not even really mine. a combo. It's like a one-card combo. And if you pay attention to competitive commander at all, they're going nuts over this card there. Like It is now the win condition of pretty much every single deck that has blue in it. So that just shows you how powerful this card is. It shows it you had how, to be how bad gem. blue is. <laughs> right. But moving on to my number three, into a different color that people have been screaming about recently, white. My number three is going to Eidolon of Obstruction. Now this is a two drop, uh, one generic, and a white spirit enchantment creature that has a two one body. It has first strike, which is pretty decent right there, but it also makes it so that it has a restriction for planeswalkers. Loyalty abilities of planeswalkers your opponents control cost one more to activate. Now, the reason I like this, because it doesn't seem like it's anything 
crazy. Yeah, it's mm, But not the thing really. is, is that this is inherently changing one thing of the game that we have been accustomed to. Planeswalkers usually get their effects for free, and they usually have an ability to get them possibly even multiple times for free, depending on what kind of stuff you're building with it, like uh, a chain veil, for example. This now says, hey, you know that effect you really want to use? It'd be a shame if you just cast your Planeswalker and don't have enough mana left over to use it. This really throws the tempo off of that kind of deck, especially if it's Super Friends and they're using multiple effects per turn. They have to have an answer to this. Now, this being both an enchantment and a creature, it's, you know, a little bit easier to kill, especially right. if it's facing, like, a green deck. But it's just so unique for the fact that this is inherently something that's, well, now changed the game. Yeah, I'm always down for new enchantment creatures. I love that aspect of the Theros sets. And outside the Immortal Sun, this is probably one of the only direct forms of Planeswalker hate we have. Yeah. Because the taxation of Planeswalker abilities really slows them down and makes them a lot less efficient. It's no longer just free value. You have to actually think before activating them. It's decent stats, too. 2-1 first strike for two is pretty good. It's kind of in the hate bears category of yeah, creatures. 100%. You would play in a deck like it's that. It's just not a 2-2 two -two to be the, the bear right. category. That said, I don't see myself going out of my way to play this in decks. It's a sideboard card. Yes, it really is. I, I agree with that. And I mean, white runs a lot of like sideboardy kind of stuff, or if it's running enchantments, this now hits the build for it. But the thing that's just unusual for it, where it's like something like a hex parasite, which it, like inconsequentially hmm. just accidentally happened to be good against planeswalkers, this one's meant to be bad for planeswalkers. Right. And that's just something that's like we haven't truly seen yet. That's true. So. But yeah. uh, you're number two, Kyle. Is it better than All this? Right. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. My number two is Gravebreaker Lamia. Now, this is a card I absolutely love. It's another enchantment creature. Costs five mana, four generic, and one black for a Snake Lamia. You don't see many of those. You don't see a Snake no. Lamia. <laughs> uh, there's four, four, and then it has lifelink as well. When it enters the battlefield, you search your deck for a card, any card, put it into your graveyard, and then shuffle your deck. And of course, spells you cast from your graveyard also now cost one generic less to cast. So... I'm going to go back to one of my old school favorite cards from Shards of Alara. We talked about it way back called Corpse Connoisseur, yep, which is basically card. a zombie for this exact same mana cost, smaller body. When it came into play, you dump any creature from your graveyard into, uh, well, from your deck into your graveyard. This gets any card from your deck into your graveyard. You can throw out a Dread Return, for example, which is just one of many awesome things you can do. It's bigger. It has lifelink. It has more types. And it has this additional spells cost one less to cast from your graveyard. That's crazy. Like, how is this? How is this not an awesome card? And also, really, this is really cool because, like, when they had flashback, like they had stuff that reduced the flashback cost. But it's super niche because it's like, all right, I have like two flashback cards, and yeah, it'd be nice right. to lower the cost of them, but. Who cares? But this doesn't just care about a type. This works for Embalm. This works for Flashback. This works for... Creatures that just get cast from your graveyard. A bunch of zombies do that. Yeah, and also it lowers the cost by one for that. It's so good. Yeah. It's it's a, almost an unintuitive tutor for the fact that it's like, all right, it's tutoring to the grave, which you usually assume to be bad, but in black, yeah. they're the only group that thinks that's it's great. Well, historically, Buried Alive and Entomb would say that you're wrong. Yeah, so. no, no, I agree. It, but only in black. You wouldn't really see this much unless you're maybe doing dredge or 
Maybe. You're doing if you're putting cards directly into the graveyard, you're doing something dumb with them. So yeah, this is a, a great, a little great, counterintuitive, great addition to that pantheon of cards. But a solid card. It's more or less like a medallion for the grave now, which is something to note. A hundred percent something to note. But uh, moving on to my number two, if you don't mind me Go stealing ahead. it, I'm staying away from color this time, but actually going for an equipment. It's called Shadow Spear, and if you've been looking at this set, you might have caught this eye. This might have caught your eye, my bad. It is a one-drop equipment. It's a legendary artifact at that, and it has a little bit of a box here. So it has, you can go ahead and equip this for two generic mana. And the equipped creature goes ahead and gets plus one, one, and has trample and lifelink. So pretty darn good right there. But also it has the second effect for one generic, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructibility until the end of the turn. That second effect there is something that we haven't seen on an equipment. Typically, equipments need to go ahead and have their, their themselves equipped onto a body, and then you can use this effect. This is one of the few times that we've actually seen this, where it's like, hey, this can just be on the field, and stopping the ability for the hexproof, stopping the effect of the indestructibility. Right. Umazawa's, is, yeah, Umazawa's Jite can also do things when it's not equipped, and it's one of the very few, few. equipments that can. So you know that's in a powerful group of cards when that's what you compare one this to. One of the to. strongest, I think that you could say that is oh, the, strongest the strongest equipment, equipment in the game. In the Ab game. Absolutely it is. It's, so this right here, honestly, you, it could just be a one that equips for two and it has that effect onto it and it'd still be good. Giving the extra bonus to a creature is also super great. And this is something that's great for anything that it loves targeted removal. Like for me, I always say I have a Hirobi Death Whale deck. This is great for not only getting rid of the the, the hexproof on it, but the indestructibility, which usually ends up being a thorn in that yeah. deck's side. Well, of course, this being Theros, this is pretty much the obligatory anti-god card for Theros. Although, something that makes me really upset about this is why why doesn't it give the creature death touch? It would be so intuitive I, to give I, the creature I, death touch. Not for that and yet mana we have, cost. And yet we have Trample and Lifelink. Like, what is that? I don't get that. I, as a green player, I'm very happy. But actually, let's pull this up one more time. I'm just going to note something for this. How tutorable this really is. It's a one-drop artifact, so mm -hmm. that's Trinket Mage right there. Yep. It is an equipment, so it's an equipment tutor. It is an artifact tutor. And lastly, it's legendary. There's four flat-out specific type card tutors that work for this equipment. Flat-out. That is yeah. not something that we can really say exists for many cards. Well, and, and for, for what a low cost it is and the advantages you get, this is absolutely a slam dunk for any equipment deck. It's it just it, needs to be there. I agree. Uh, it's definitely hard to pick up a copy of while it's yeah. cheap now. However, like I said, while Trample and Lifelink are great abilities, I don't get it. Seems like a big flavor fail to me. Kyle, there's there's so many things on so many <laughs> levels of my being that are just upset with you. This is just adding oh, to God, it. Don't be dramatic. I'm not being dramatic. I'm just being honest. Well, let's go on to <laughs> my number one here. It's so. a good card, though. Oh, it really is. Yeah. But number is. one, yeah. What do, what do you got for All us? All right. Well, number one for me is another black card, and this one is Woe Strider, which. I keep telling people is hands down the best card of this set. I, you cannot I, argue I that. I will totally argue that with you. Anyway, it is a three drop creature, two colorless, one black, a horror, three two. And when it enters the battlefield, you create a zero one white goat creature token. So pretty that's pretty cool right there. Sacrifice another creature, scry one, free sack outlet. Also, it has the new ability Escape. So for five mana right there and exiling four other cards from your graveyard, you can cast it from your graveyard with that escape cost. 
And when it does escape, it comes into play with two extra plus one, plus one counters on it. Yes. So, like I said, Black definitely got pretty much all the best cards in this new set. Oh, Namely, the new Erebos, the new Pelucranos, oh, which is only part God. Black, but God, still. We're staying on one card. There's no way we can talk about all these uh, pulls no, right here. But I had to skip over all of those more obvious ones to name this, as I said, the best card of the set. Because, remember Viscera Seer? You know still how do. good that card is? It's a very good card. This is Viscera Seer, but better. Way better, and I but do agree better. with you with that. Just uh, imagine how crazy that uh, that idea this just is, thinking about it. doesn't even need to produce a goat to be good. Does, does, no. No, it, the goat doesn't need to even be there. The getting the counters on it doesn't even need to be there. It just needs the escape and then the sack to scry, and it's still just incredible for yeah. this. It's not as much value. But it's just that it's, incredible. Yeah, it's a Viscera Seer that makes another body, is bigger, is actually combat relevant, and brings itself back from the graveyard. Yes. The only thing you could say, and has a free sack outlet tacked onto it, which I'm pretty sure Wizards promised they weren't going to do anymore. Yeah, they lied. But anyway, the point is that the only thing, the only strike against this card is that it can't sacrifice itself. But when you think about everything that this can do, that, that seems extremely irrelevant, it really. Does. It really does, and also for the fact, if you escape with this and it goes back to the grave, it's not exiled. This can be escaped out again. No, that's why escape is pretty good. And escape is super strong for that reason, and that actually ties into my next card, which we did not plan, right. of why escape is super duper strong. Well, let's go on to that card. Let's All right, talk so about my it. number one, which is better, Hmm. is called Underworld Breach. Now, this is an enchantment that costs two mana. It is a generic and a red, and it reads, each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. This, the escape cost is equal to the card's converted mana cost, and in addition, you have to exile three other cards from your graveyard. Then, lastly, it has the effect of, at the beginning of your end step, sacrifice this card. Sacrifice, not exile. Hmm. So this card will go to the grave and can be brought back which is super strong, being an enchantment and not a sorcery or an instant. This is like a more on steroids past in flames that we have seen. Past in mm. flames is good because it can return instants and sorceries, not planeswalkers, not creatures, not enchantments. So this opens up the roundhouse to that. And this also can't sack itself. I mean, this also doesn't exile itself. So let's say this, so Kyle and I argued this card for an hour and a half, the first time we saw it. Him saying it's not the best card. We, we won't do that for, for the sake of argument, but I will point out the features that I say that makes the thing so great because it enables really stupid things. Stupid as in awesomely, incredibly, and fun until you're facing it. So a card that exists is Mana Geyser, right? This is a, a ritual-type card. You pay five mana, and then for each land that's tapped you produce that much mana that your opponents possess. So it's not based off of your land cap. So for five mana, and if it's turn five, and we'll say it's generic math of just slow magic, each person has five lands, except for the green player. But we'll <laughs> still say five lands are tapped from each person. So you pay five, you get 15 mana. This, that goes to the grave. You use two of that mana to play Underworld Breach. Okay, follow me. You use five of that mana there to go ahead and use that to create a whole bunch more mana. So it's like a red cabal coffers right here. You play out stuff, play out your deck with all this mana, as long as you are able to draw cards and put stuff out, you'll fill the grave, keep recasting it, you could inherently go through your entire deck, your entire deck, play out whatever you want and keep reusing the stuff. Now, if this card ends up going to the grave, you can reuse it later and bring it back into play with like anything that can re and 
bring back enchantments, anything that's green that brings anything back from the grave. It's just, I'm running out of breath. <laughs> so well, I, there's so much you can do with this. And the thing is, is like, it's not restricted to a type. It's not restricted to uh, any particular archetype. This is just red value for two mana. Well, and like, like we said, we do disagree about this card. I am like... <sighs> I am so torn over whether or not I like this. It clearly has a lot of potential, as you've said. Yes. However, like red recursion is something that never happens, no. especially across all types, which I could see this, I mean, just on a very small scale, the possibility for burn decks to become more powerful by recycling all of their burn spells, which is a capability they have never had before. Is this a new red staple, as Stu would suggest? I don't know. I, I really don't know. As much as I want to like it, I have to be the skeptic. I just That's have to be. It's fair to be the skeptic. And it feels, like, it feels like one of those magical Christmas land cards. Yes, there are fun things you can do with it, but they rely on a very specific set of circumstances that are almost never going to happen. I will say, though, we have a land that can recur this now. We have a way to return enchantments from the grave, which I will say could be foreshadowing for what we can see for Boros in the future, which is something that this would be really very does promising. Need. Yeah. So, so it is. Is it? Can it be great? Yes. And pl this plus Sundial the Infinite leads to fun times. Um, but <laughs> Your you need of fun, you need a very you need a large grave and you need a lot of mana to capitalize on this, which is why I put it in the Heavy Eternal. It works. So it works. and however, I am starting to be maybe proven wrong because there is a deck on the rise in competitive Magic with this using um, Lotus the Lotus Field Land to cause a lot of storm things. I'm not really that familiar with it, but it is. I this is one of the cards that makes it all work. So am I going to be proven wrong in time about this? It's possible. 100%. It's possible. But I just don't think it's quite as good as you might think it is. Would, it's, it is pretty good. Would you say not that it's good. better than Past in Flames? <sighs> it's really debatable and subjective. I don't know. All right. Well, while Kyle is having an enema of thought, let us know yours up here. We'll do a poll of, is this better than Past in Flames? And also, know. if you would use this card in a deck, let us know down below what you think it shines. All right. Well, but now we will... Yeah, we've talked about those yeah, for a long time. We talked enough. about R3. <laughs> uh, that was the fastest we could have done that. I'm yeah. so, we're sorry. Huh. But we will talk about the money cards now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kyle, I think you'll start us off. All right. Well, if we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up this time... So uh, for $17 at our number three slot, our abbreviated money cards, is one of the new gods, Heliod, Sun-Crowned. And by new gods, I mean old gods, because they took the five major gods and pretty much redid them. Missed the old other ones. Yeah, but this one is, let's face it, the better version of Heliod. So he's not, my, he's not my personal favorite of the new gods. However, the reason he's on the money card list is because he's the best competitively. Yeah. Not only is he the shot in the arm that white aggro needs in the current metagame format, but in larger formats, he has Walking Ballista to play with. And Walking Ballista plus this is just a straight-up infinite you-win-the-game yeah. combo. Which everyone's been screaming about all online for that. It wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't subtle, Wizards. No, not at all. <laughs> and inherently, you can use Triskelion and this the same way how you would with Micaeus in the sense. It's just now, yep. instead of doing that dumb stuff in black, you could do it in white. 
Yep. So, so Orzhov, it's very, good at you. it's interesting. I mean, if you were trying to make white more viable, I guess this is a good start. It's well, I don't know. I don't know viable. It just makes it makes it more appealing, but it's still very narrow. White historically is a terrible color, so we just oh, yeah. that's a no eight and a half tails. But of all of the commander of all the colors of magic you can use, white is always Saram, the worst. Always the Avacyn. worst. <laughs> Any of the Avacyns, Flip Avacyn, I guess it's Boros, but it still needs a lot of white. It has some great advantages, sure, but of, of all the colors, it is absolutely the weakest on its Hate own. Hate Bears. White is the weakest. All I'm right. sorry, but it's true. All right, whatever. Um, number two. Yes, let's go on to number two here. card I am super stoked about uh, and am getting. It is a Nyx Bloom Ancient. It is around 18 bucks as of now. We'll see if that price will sit there. Um, it is an elemental creature that costs... Seven mana for generic and three green for an elemental enchantment creature with a 5-5 five five body. It has trample, but the biggest thing about this is if you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times that amount of mana instead. So your lands yeah. produce three. And actually, if... Your um, mana rocks produce three. Your creatures produce three. Yeah, also, uh, Cabal Coffers produces... How much now? Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, so your, or even um, what's the <laughs> your devotion count one? Um, Nyx. Yeah, Nyxos is yeah. Dumb. I can't. I I'm bad at math. I'm not even gonna try to do that. And actually, if you really want to see stupid math, mana reflection on the field with this. Yeah, it's this way. This is a better mana reflection because it only costs one more mana. It gives you you know, again double again the amount of mana. And it may, be, it may be weaker because it's easier to remove, but it's still pretty great. <laughs> yeah, there's ways to cheat this in, and that's actually one of the things to note. Um, Flash Hulk was originally the thing that you used with Flash. Flash mm. Nyx Bloom is great because actually if you have enough lands out, so you need two mana to play Flash, right? Mm. So uh, for those who don't know Flash, you pay two mana to blue instant. That makes it so you put a creature from your hand into play. Mm -hmm. And then you have to pay the difference of mana, otherwise you sacrifice it. So if you don't have the mana cap to do that, you can still tap your lands and float the mana and use it for that turn. Yep. So it's almost like a pseudo ritual. However, depending how many lands you have out, you might have enough to actually keep this guy out then. And that'd be, uh, well, how many? All right, so you need two lands to do that, and then he costs seven, so you need... Three lands? Yeah. So turn five, you can keep this guy out at instant speed on an opponent's turn. And then when it comes to you, have a whopping amount of mana. It's just Well, insane. that's assuming you haven't played any mana rocks or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, anything so else. It could so be just, even earlier. So you need at least five mana to make that viable. Hmm. So just keep that in thought. But yeah, this is something yeah. elemental tribal, mono green, just big, awesome, good stuff. Yeah. It's there. It's mono green. This is like, they, I was, I, I looked at this and I was like, they did what now? Like, yeah. really? Or just <laughs> imagine on. the amazing play, uh, turn one and tomb this, turn two, reanimate. Yeah. <laughs> How fast you're going to beat just, your opponents now? Yeah, this is crazy. This card is nuts. It's really nuts. I'm stoked about it, though. But either way, on to our number one, the tippy yes. top. Our number one here, so coming in at $22 so far, the number one card for this set is Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. And this is a little more off the beaten path, 
but it's again most of these early prices are because things are popular in standard and other competitive formats not so much in commander but this might just get there at some point so he's a 6-6 six, six for three mana and he's blue and green which immediately you know thinks makes you think wow something's going on here yeah but he is a legendary elder giant and when he enters the battlefield you have to sacrifice him unless he escaped Whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain three life, draw a card, and then can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. And he has that escape ability for two green and two blue and exiling five other cards from your graveyard. It's This is a handful and a mouthful of a card. It's Honestly, the Titans, I'd say, almost outshines the gods in this, which is kind of the point of like. I'm just the mad war. there's only two of them. Like, what wh what happened there? Really? You aren't going to give us more than two Titans? Dude, they... All right, well, we already complained about just five gods. <laughs> and you had to do all this other stuff with demigods. People were upset. Hercules isn't it. So I can understand. I just think they should have done it in a couple more sets. Yeah. However, oh well. Yeah, uh, you know. Either way, it's still impressive for what they did. So this guy right here, it's awesome as a commander because it has the ability to avoid the command tax, which yes, is something does. to note. Also, being in green and blue has a lot of shenanigans with sacking. If anyone's seen the command zone episode where they've gone ahead and made a deck with this and it competed. You can see how it's pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, if, well, just that, you know, ETB or attack, you know, you, you three life, a card, and a land, that's really good. And plus, as you said, even if you're escaping it, for basically four mana, it's a 6-6. Six, six, yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, you don't <laughs> see that too often. It's worth a mythic. Uh, is it too much on a card? Maybe. I don't know. It's great in all kinds of graveyard-based decks, too. Dredge decks, Soul Tide decks, like a Sidisi, for example. But the thing is, is that yeah. it's not, there's no black in it, which is truly the one thing. Like, we do see the other one where it is red-black, mm -hmm. and which is a and little bit more different. Unfortunately, not very good with its other abilities. This is definitely the better of the Titans. I would have really loved to see if we actually had a Boros Titan. Well, that would have been impressive. They've, they've said if we ever do go back to Theros again, they may make more Titans. So we'll see. We'll see. I, hope I would so. like that, though. But moving off of this card, that is the final one of the money. Our last little segment before we bid adieu is we're going to talk about the new mechanics that we are seeing yes, from we the are. sets. And this one we're going to start off with Escape. Which we've already kind of dove into a good mm -hmm. bit for on my card and the other one. So we'll quickly just touch upon it for a quick second. We have uh, Underworld Rage Hound for an example here. Yeah. So pretty much if a card has escape, it has a mana cost to go ahead and do that. And in addition, you have to go ahead and exile a certain amount of cards from your graveyard to even be able to effectively make the card escape. Really good, really solid for making so all colors now pretty much have a form of recursion from the grave that is repeatable. And honestly, it's almost kind of like a Throwing off the color pie a little bit. It is, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, oh, do I, I mean, subjectively, do I like this ability? Oh, yeah, Yeah, I 100%. Do. But objectively, I don't know, man. I mean, I, know, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't this. even know what objectively means in this case. I, I just, like, it does, like you said, I feel like it does break the color pie, even unintentionally. Giving, some, giving red something as good as an underworld breach really shouldn't probably happen. So I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. Is it also a strike against it is that I don't really find it that original or interesting at all. We have a million different mechanics that bring things back from the graveyard. I think it's original. So just outside outside of eh. black, it's very inside of black, eh, and you're a very black boy. I mean, well, 
all right. <laughs> you are a blue-black player at the very least. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, I mean, is this good? Yes. Is it original? Not really, but whatever. Can't right. argue with good so cards, So now I moving guess. on to the second mechanic that we now would be talking about for the first time right. is devotion, more or less. And we saw yep. this originally when we went to Theros. We're going to look at a card here called Daxos, Blessed by the Sun. I am so happy that devotion is back. You have so no idea. So what devotion is, is pretty much you look at the permanents on your field that aren't lands, and you look at their CMC cost. And if in there you see the mana symbols for whatever color that they are caring about, you count that all up, and that value is associated to something. Now, in this case, it's actually devoted toward uh, Daxos's toughness. toughness. Yeah, so he, he by himself is already a 2-2 because there are two white symbols in his converted exactly. mana cost. For each one, he'll add an additional one on there. This also, I picked this because it also kind of covers another theme of this set, enchantment creatures. Yes. Or enchantment permanents, like things that are not enchantments but are also enchantments. So that covers yet another which thing in this set, which is Which we saw originally in awesome. Theros, which yeah. was, like, we've seen artifact creatures, which is what, uh, mirrored in kind of blew people's minds like what yeah. it's an artifact and it's a, and it's creature. a creature right what? and well and i'm i'm kind of i'm really excited and yet kind of nervous to see devotion come back because historically devotion has been really really powerful very much so i mean gray merchant gary but this name is, is gary Ga is one of the most I'm, powerful cards ever gary. printed in black so he's a merchant it's just yeah, i he mean he doesn't have a tan <laughs> These cards um, are just crazy. But also, this is the first time we're actually seeing Devotion used outside of like an enabling effect. So this one actually goes ahead and it, we're seeing it for power and toughness for creatures. Mm -hmm. Whereas last time it was more or less a mana cap or some sort of like X effect where it's like... Right. So now they're actually using it in a different form. So even though we have seen Devotion before, it's got a fresh twist. A little bit, yeah. But... Now, moving away from that and also the enchantment creature effect yes. for it, we do see another return of something which is Constellation. Mm -hmm. And we'll look at a card called Cetessian Champion? Cetessian, yeah. Nah, it's, it's what <laughs> I said. <laughs> now, you got it. All right, but uh, go for it, Kyle. You're making a Constellation deck. Enlighten the people. All right, well, Cetessian Champion here is one of an example of Constellation cards, which showed up in the original Theros block late into the block and is now back in this set. So the ability is whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, something happens. In this case, getting a counter and drawing a card. Yeah. But notably, it is not a cast effect, it is an ETB effect. Which is very Which makes strong. it a lot stronger. Yeah. And there are cards like this one. I mean, every time you play an enchantment, you draw a card, it's basically, it's really good. Enchantress based. So, yeah. So but in I, a new style. I can, it, it considers, it continues to irritate me because I don't understand why this has to be a keyword mechanic. You, you really, don't have to make it a keyword. See, I'm happy that they, it's a keyword, but they haven't just kind of like revitalized it. And it's like, it's not Constellation anymore. It's Aurora or something, you know? Cause like they've done that before where it's like, they've came up with the same mechanic and just scratched off the name and wrote a different one over top of it. So, I don't mind that well, in the slightest. Anyway, I'm but at least, anyway, at least they're being real with it. You it know? had to, it had to come back because it's very powerful. It's also very Theros. And it's basically one of the most popular things to come out of the original Theros. Everybody liked it so much that they were retroactively angry that it didn't exist in the first two sets. Yeah. So. Well, and the funny thing is about, yeah, that's what they were screaming about. They loved it, but they were very angry that there was literally a shortage yeah, and of there was, what it could do. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't exist in the prior two sets, which made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's great. Again, good thing to have back. Although, I will give Wizards a kudos point because they've tried to do a lot of 
I guess, fan service in the sense where they're trying to make it so a lot of stuff that we've been screaming for, they actually try to deliver it, but they also try to give us some new stuff. So this set kind of feels a little cramped for how much is going on. It does. It. There's a lot going on in here. Yeah, because we're not even talking about demigods being creature types now. Like, yeah. We'd like to, <laughs> but like, if we talked about every little niche of something going on, like there's, there wasn't there hybrid mana symbols in this too. No, there were, no, no hybrid. But oh, that was the previous was, yeah, one. Yeah, but, but anyway, there's, there's a lot of little yeah. little things. But the one final more thing one, to talk about, and yeah. this is something again. I am so happy that this came back. Tell them about it. Sagas. So if everyone remembers these kind of enchantments from Dominaria, when they come into play, they get a counter on them, and every draw step, they get another counter on them, yep. and different abilities happen for each phase, and then they sacrifice themselves after the third one happens. And these work so well with the whole enchantment theme. The only thing I'm upset about is how you said it's Saga, not Saga. <laughs> but you didn't have a well, Saga growing up, so I guess not. Yeah, still, though, Sagas were really, really cool when they first showed up in Dominaria, and... They were like the this versatility is one of those, on them. Yeah, well, yeah. This is one of those things where, like vehicles, it could come back in a lot of different ways. But you have to be very precise about the world that you put them in. They have to make sense flavor-wise. Yes. And anywhere other than Dominaria, where else could this come back? But Theros, because like, come on, tradition, home and run, like flavor-wise. Well, we, I don't know if we end up ever going back to like I don't know Zendikar it makes sense because there's so much that's happened there or in Mirrodin. Or if we ever have something yeah. with Phyrexians again. Potentially. Or Eldrazi. So they have a potential lineup. It's something new. It's something fresh. We'll have to see how they take the reins on this bad boy. But very fun. Very yeah. useful. And you're always very tempted about using them. And, and in fact, since we're seeing sagas some more it makes it so like all right maybe we'll see historic come back into play again because that i would hope so the whole saga thing yeah. as well these are these are cool enchantments they play well with proliferate and those kind of things so there's a lot of fun things you can do with sagas like i said they were one of my favorite things from dominaria so i'm really glad wizards sees the value in them and is going to continue to use them i didn't care for them. but either way i'm cool to have some more <laughs> of them it's all good but that is going to conclude our magic moment our quick little brief touch on theros forget the little end part of that title but <laughs> beyond death uh, beyond that's death. what it is makes but sense that's our opinions on on it let us know yours the set's been out for a good bit of time now so hopefully you're a little bit more fluent with where you think cards should lie and if we are wrong or right so be sure to let us know all your opinions you can reach us on so many forms of social media yes we're all over the place we've got reddit we've got facebook we've got twitter we have tapped out where you can see all of our deck lists and of course you can email us all of it at the card pool so keep that in mind yep at gmail and mm -hmm. also to note we are sponsored by not sponsored we have an affiliate link with tcg player so if any of these cards we're talking about appease you or you're looking through the set now to try to find some stuff for your decks be sure to use our link it helps the channel it lets tcg player know that you like what we got and they help us in return so we appreciate it yeah, so uh please be sure to do that and until then i'm Stu, and i'm kyle and, and we'll, we'll see you next time at, at the, the card pool, pool. Underworld Breach, man. You'll, you'll eat those words. I don't know. Maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs>